Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. It's a joy to have you with us this morning. Before we get, begin, we have a few announcements. We actually have two pages, so y'all hold on. We love to welcome visitors, especially first-time visitors, and for those of you that are with us today for the first time, we have a small gift for you to remember us by and to share more information about our church. So if you would raise your hands, an usher will bring you a welcome bag. Do we have any first-time? I see you, but my usher's not here yet, so you hang on. <laughs> They're still outside. I got you, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, Bess. Should you need, there is a restroom under the stairwell through this corner door. There are friendship registers in each pew that let us know of your presence this morning. So if you would, sign and pass that along to your neighbors. And if you're visiting today, there's a space to leave your contact information where we can be in touch. The flowers in the sanctuary today are given to the glory of God and in gratitude to him for the life and legacy of Bill Besley by Sharon Besley. And you did a good job. They're pretty. The fellowship committee will meet today after worship in the ministry center. Presbyterian women will meet tomorrow beginning at 945 in the fellowship hall. And all women are welcome. The Stitch Sisters will meet at 10 this Tuesday at Betty Bryan's home, so different location this time. Um, and they will be having lunch together. And sit on that one. Preschool committee will meet this Tuesday at 530. Uh, the pastor's Bible study will continue this Wednesday at 10 in the ministry center. And this will be their um, last time before they break for Thanksgiving. The Fun at Church group is having a pumpkin party for children K through 5 Wednesday from 5.30 to 7 in the Fellowship Hall, and there's more information in the flash about that. Fresh Express is back again this week, Thursday at 1 p.m., and if you would like to help with distribution, contact Miss Bonnie or Miss Brenda. The Chimes and Adult Choirs rehearse this Thursday in the Ministry Center. And if you haven't had your photo taken recently, catch up with Bess for the new directory. And I think that is it.
Please stand and join me in the call to worship, which we'll, you will find in your bulletins. God will create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. God rejoices over Jerusalem and takes delight in God's people. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. Before we call out, God will answer. While we are still speaking, God will hear. The wolf and the lamb will be together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. They will neither harm nor destroy on all God's holy mountain. Worship the one who makes all things new. Let us bow for the opening prayer. There is no place to turn, O God, for the comfort we desire. No place but to you alone, O Lord. Bless us this day that we might be faithful witnesses to life in Christ Jesus, our Redeemer and Lord. In our songs and prayers, in our scripture and spoken words, reveal your purposes to through the power of your Holy Spirit. We are here, O Lord. Equip us for ministry with the faith and assurance only you can provide. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing, We Wait the Peaceful Kingdom, which is printed in your bulletin.
You may be seated. Friends, let us be honest with God and with one another as we speak plainly of our shortcomings, knowing that our Creator hears us and will not turn away. May we pray together. We bow before you, O God, to acknowledge our failings. We ask forgiveness for words spoken in cruelty, for behavior that tears down, for failing the ministries of your church, for preferring temporal wealth to riches in your spirit. Forgive us, we pray, and lead us into fullness of life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. May we continue to pray in silence. Amen. May we be upstanding for the assurance of pardon. Surely God is our salvation. Place your trust in God and do not be afraid, for the Lord is our strength and our salvation. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Please bow for the prayer of illumination. Almighty God, as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, reveal to us the way of salvation by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may not grow weary in doing what is right. Amen. The Old Testament reading today is from Isaiah 65, verses 17 through 25. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. 
No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat like eat straw like the ox, but the serpent its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite the children to come forward for a time together. Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. I was wondering, as I was listening to Miss Angie read the scripture, I was wondering, do you guys know the story of when God created the world? Do you know that story from the beginning of the Bible? That's the very first story that we have in Genesis that says, well, that's, a, that's kind of something that we wonder about. How was how God born, right? Well, God is... Yeah. So we are creatures. We are made. We are born into the earth. But God is not a creature like us. God is not a creation. God is the creator. So we tell the story that's found in Genesis chapter 1 about God creating the heavens and the earth and the seven days that it took to do that. But is that the only creation story in our Bible? No. <laughs> because I asked the question, the answer is no, right? No. Miss Angie just read another creation story from the Bible, from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is talking to the people of Israel, and he's telling them about a new heaven, a new Jerusalem, and it's going to be a wonderful place. You know, the people of Israel that he was speaking to had endured a really long time of hardship. They were living in a nation that a foreign power came and, and fought with their people and took all their people off into slavery into another country. And they had to leave their homes and they got separated from their families. And it was, it was pretty tough. And you can imagine that, you know, that's hard to endure. And so Isaiah is giving these people of Israel some hope that it's not always going to be that way. It's not always going to be so hard because God is always doing something new. And we can experience that all the time in little ways and even in big ways. So, or in, in between ways. That's right. So, I wanted to think about maybe some new beginnings that we experience. Can you think of anything that's kind of like a new beginning 
that we get to experience in our world? Facing your fears. You can take on a fear and start a, a new beginning with, with that. I'm just thinking practically like, you know, the start of school every year is kind of a new beginning. You get to meet a new teacher. You might be in a class with new friends. That's a new beginning. Any other new beginnings? Graduating. Graduating. That's a big new beginning. When you graduate from a certain program or school, you get to start something totally new afterwards. And that's exciting, right? Yeah. Anything else? Any big kids have any ideas? What's, it, what's been a new beginning for you? Birth of children. Birth of grandchildren. Yeah, there's a lot of new things. And when we look at those new beginnings, we can see how God is at work in those, bringing about help for us and hope for us and joy for us. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect and everything is going to go well all the time, but we can always look forward to something new because God is not just a God who created once, but God is constantly creating and bringing about new things in our life. So we can look forward to that, right? Okay. Well, let's, let's thank God and have a prayer together. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for being our creator and for making all things new, especially things that bring us help and bring us hope. Help us to see how we can see you in all of creation, we pray. Amen. All right, thank you very much for your attention. You can return to your pew.
We turn now to the gospel according to Luke, reading from chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. Hear again God's word from the book that we love. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. It will all be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and siblings, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Amen. The end is near. The end is always near. The end of a year recognizing that we're soon to wrap up 2022. The end of each season, fall is going to give way to winter. We finally might feel that a little bit more today. Just this weekend, I experienced an end. I was binging on Netflix, <clears throat> a really great show, and all of a sudden, the last episode ended, and I was so shocked because I didn't realize that the series was over. The end is always near. One of you just this week reminded me that the childhood days of my boys are fleeting and before I know it, they won't be children anymore. The end is always near and scripture tells us that Eventually, even heaven and earth, as we know it, they will come to an end. And we can lament these endings. We often do. It's only human, right? But we also know that along with an end comes a new beginning. Last Wednesday at Family Night Supper, 
Cherie led us in a hymn sing using the new er, Glory to God, Presbyterian hymnal. We've actually been singing from it quite a bit over the last three years. In fact, the opening hymn this morning is a part of its repertoire. But one of the songs that's become a favorite of mine is called In the Bulb. We've used it during Sundays in Lent before. The choir has sung it. We sang it together last Wednesday. In the first verse, you'll probably recognize. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seed an apple tree, in cocoons a hidden promise, butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter, there's a spring that waits to be unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. It's beautiful, right? Natalie Sleeth composed this hymn in 1986, so it's not that new, but <clears throat> it's new to us. 1986 was the year her husband was diagnosed and later died of cancer. And she was writing this hymn at the time as an anthem, and it was debuted at his funeral, sharing its melodic simplicity, but a profound truth of what we believe, what we affirm, that ends give way to new beginnings. And since 1986, it's become a hymn that's often used during our seasons of Lent and Easter as we contemplate resurrection. And it's also becoming a hymn that's sung quite a bit by congregations for funeral services. So if you'll remember, we used this hymn back in 2022. It worked perfectly with our Lenten theme that year when we watched and waited for caterpillars to cocoon and by Easter become butterflies. My boys, Ross and Kelly, along with all the children in the church, each got a caterpillar. Ross named his starter, he said it was just starting out in the world, and Kelly named his lover, I'll, ask, I'll let you ask him why. We got to watch them grow, move about their little container. It was daily excitement and joy to see them. And then overnight, one cocooned. We were so surprised. And then the next, the other one did. And to see them just still, and it was different, it was actually a bit sad. We were used to watching them roam about their container, munching on their food, being active little creatures, and now they just simply hung there from their paper towel ceiling. I missed their munching, but I knew something was becoming, and as Sleeth says, something was unrevealed until its season. 
a bulb gives way to a flower, a cocoon gives way to a butterfly, even the seasons, they end and give way to the next. And yes, life, that too, comes to an end, at least as we know it, and gives way to a new beginning, though it may be something only God alone can see. Jesus speaks hard words to his disciples in chapter 21. He knows an end is on the horizon. He knows that his earthly time with them will end, and the disciples, well, they will need to carry on without him. And most importantly, they will need to testify, to tell others about him, about his life, and his teachings. And it may seem at first if he's using some kind of scare tactic with them about all of these disasters, but foretelling the end, it's no threat. There's comfort to be found in these words too. Yet the disciples stand there beside their beloved temple. It's like us standing here in our sanctuary and saying, not one board will be left. It will all be thrown down. And we can understand that they would certainly feel devastated. In interpreting these hard words of Jesus, a colleague of mine who was the pastor of Williamsburg Prez in Virginia said, he said, the temple may have to come to an end but that is not the end. Peace will come to an end, be swallowed up by war, but war is not the way the world ends. Security will end, shaken in earthquakes, but fear and uncertainty, they are not the end either. He goes on to say that others are going to think that they know the answer and predict the end of times, He said, even you, you might try your best to read the times, but knowing the end does not belong to you. Again, Natalie Sleeth says it this way. She says it's unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. We could leave it at that. We could just say, oh, well, it's a mystery. It's not for us to know. We could. But while what is yet known is still unknown, that's the time and place that faith comes in. Jesus' final words to his disciples, he assures them, he says, by your endurance you will gain your souls. And that's just a fancy way of saying Hold on. You may not know the end. You may never know the end. But have faith because God is doing something. God is doing a new thing. Because you see, from the beginning, God has been about the business of creation and recreation. And the prophet Isaiah outlines this so clearly as he basically describes a new genesis 
creation all over again. And this new creation, this new Jerusalem, it won't be like the last. It's a vision of a transformed world. Imagine with me a world to delight in. A world including low infant mortality rates. A world where housing and food is available for all citizens, where there is sustainable employment, equal and available health care, fair wages for all. A world where neighbors are seen caring for neighbors. A world of complete shalom. Shalom. That all may go well with you and all may go well with me. That's the business that God has been about from the beginning. And that's what God is still doing. God is working to make this happen. And just as that spirit, it says, hovered over that watery chaos in the beginning, the spirit we are promised moves still. Now, in the meantime, we are faced with some of the transitions and the difficulties, and the gospel says even the persecutions that will take place in all of this transformation. The gospel tells us that the things that we consider are beautiful, they may get torn down. What we consider comfortable well, that will get disturbed because new life comes through change. And God created this universe that is ever-changing. God made us and calls us to partner with him. That's just astonishing that we are to be co-creators in what God is doing Now, it's easy if we were to just read the passage from Isaiah about Isaiah's prophecy and think of that as some, like, far-off future utopia. It's a world that is going to come. We may see it. We may not. But for our part, we wait. Isn't that what we're saying? We wait the peaceful kingdom. Well, as we sang in another one of my new favorite hymns on Wednesday, we pray that while we are waiting, do you remember that one? Come. While we are waiting, come. We believe that waiting is not an inactive time, not at all, because waiting engages us as individuals and as a church to have faith that God is coming to do this new thing. It encourages us to have faith and confidence that God will transform the world. And as another pastor said, what remains for us is to do the work involved in such transformation by following the patterns of mercy that Christ laid out for us. While we are waiting, come. 
We may not be able to solve the problem of the world's need for clean drinking water around the globe, but I bet each of you can offer a cup of cold water to a person who's thirsty. We may not be able to solve poverty, but we can give comfort to individuals who suffer in this community. We may not be able to reconcile nations at war, but we can offer forgiveness to those who have wronged us. We might not today be able to dismantle generations of ingrained racism, but we can start with ourselves as we affirm and live by the affirmation that every person is a child of God. This is how we carry on and continue the life and teachings of Jesus. This is how we testify. And for this work, well, Jesus says that we can anticipate yet another end. First off, the end of our naivete, the end of our own comfort, but also the beginning of a deeper faith and a closer walk with our living God. So the church, I don't know if you're aware, is coming to a liturgical end very soon. Next Sunday, we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, which is the last Sunday in our church calendar. We complete year C of the lectionary cycle. And of course, the church begins its new year with Advent. Ironically or not, a season of waiting. Maybe it's a good time for us to allow some of those former things that have held us down or held us back or kept us from testifying, to let those pass away, let those come to an end. And maybe it's time to make space in our world for what God is creating. In our end is the beginning, in our time infinity, in our doubt there is believing, in our life eternity, in our death a resurrection at the last of victory unrevealed until its season something god alone can see friends god assures us that the beginning is near a new beginning is always near thanks be to god let us stand now together and affirm our faith in our God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. May we join our hearts together in prayer. Kind creator, in the face of a world that fills on the brink of chaos, we take this opportunity to speak our gratitude that you know us and you call us by name. In you we find comfort. In you we find meaning. We cling to your promise that there is a day coming when there will be no more tears, where we will not labor in vain. We also recognize that through the Holy Spirit, we are called to work alongside you to bring about this new reality. And so we pray for the world, not as it will be, but for what it is now. We pray for those with the power to make decisions that affect all peoples. We pray for our president and for all those who are newly elected leaders. Surround them with wise people. We ask that you protect their compassion and love of justice. May it outweigh any other factor in their decision process. We also pray for the political divisions in our nation. Help us to balance in our hearts and minds, loving those who are different from us and striving for what we believe is right. May all our actions be motivated by your Holy Spirit. We continue to pray for the people of Ukraine who do not have enough power to heat their country as they head into the cold months. We pray for the people of Russia who are not being told the truth. We pray for the people of Uganda who are fighting another outbreak of Ebola. We pray for the people of South Korea who mourn those who passed in the Halloween stampede. We pray for peaceful transitions of power in Israel and in Brazil and around the world. And God, we pray too for our community. We lift up those who are impoverished, whose homes are not stable, whose families are divided. We pray for our island churches that we may join together in reaching out to our neighbors to offer comfort and hope. And as the days grow shorter, show us your light, O God. Help us to see the life, love, beauty, and kindness that you create in this world that we encounter on a daily basis. May we cling to your hope that you offer remembering and rehearsing the history of our faith, which has been passed down 
by God's grace from generation to generation. We entrust our prayers to you, remembering the saints that have come before us and the love of Jesus that empowers us still. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray in the way we were taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In a world that is filled with new beginnings and blessings, we celebrate our privilege and our responsibility to share with others. So let us continue to worship as we give of our tithes, our offerings, and our prayer requests.
Eternal God, we draw life in your presence. You have created and sustained us to meet the challenges we face each day. May the gifts and the offerings we bring before you reflect the light of Christ that shines in our lives, a light that can heal the world. In our living and through our giving, help us to act in concert with your ways that the world might see in us the power of your spirit. Amen. Let us sing now together our closing hymn, Lead On, O King Eternal. One of the women of our faith, Julian of Norwich, wrote, All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Remember this hope. Through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, God will make all things well. This is the foundation of our faith. May we cling to its truth, allowing us it to surprise us and inspire us along the way. And now go into the world to proclaim his love. Amen. Amen.